All right. Hey, guys. Welcome to the Book of Talk podcast. Una kushe, kushe, kushe. Um, hi from myself and the beautiful Fiona with her, with her locks and that. Um, today we have a special guest, well, special guests even. And we've been meaning to make this happen for a while. And we're so happy to have a white square board. The two Yasmins. Hey, I'm not sure where Yas is gone, but oh, yeah. <laughs> oh my god, she gone. It's alone for you. you. She'll probably come she back. Don't be bad, Yas. Thanks for having us. I'm glad we finally made this happen. Um, my name's Yasmin. Yasmin Metz Johnson. You might also know me as Yasmin Tells. Um, that's my separate entity. But Yas and I have a podcast called Y Square Pod, and we basically just discuss our journey as diasporans, as Sierra Leoneans who have moved back to Sierra Leone. Yeah. And yeah, like, it's been, I just, we just obviously find that story, like, really interesting. So hopefully Yasmin can come back and we can just, like, you know, dive into it. But yeah, Fee, how are you? I'm great. I'm great. I'm great. How are you doing? I'm good, girl. I'm good. I'm good. I'm good. Hey, Yasmin, welcome back. Hey, so sorry. Yeah, well, mm-hmm. They switched from the generator to the, the national power grid, so yeah. So the Wi-Fi was dead for a few seconds, but hey, I'm Yasmin with an E. <laughs> Tell us about yourself, Yasmin with an E. Oh, okay. I guess we've done introductions. So um, I'm an entrepreneur, and I'm also a uh, girl child advocate. I've been back in Sierra Leone for about uh, six years. Six, it'll be seven years in February. So I should really start saying six years plus. But yeah, so um, yeah, I mean, um, I was teaching for about five, almost six years, and I'm now in a transitional period. I'm now in the develop, development field um, as an advisor. Ooh. And Yasmin <laughs> tells, quick one. So how long have you been in Sierra Leone for? Um, so I relocated from the UK at the end of the, no, what am I saying, end of December, end of 2018. So yeah, this, it's just been my two year anniversary, but um, a little background on me. So my background's in design, interior architecture, I studied that. Um, I haven't practiced it that much in the two years, if I'm honest, I've probably done like one or two projects, but um, yeah, me too. I'm also an entrepreneur. Um, I have a family business out here called Yes. Um, Look at me mixing things called Mama Lou's Kitchen. And um, we do authentic Syrian snacks. So my mom started that in 2011. So that's something I also work on. We have the podcast too. And yeah, Yasmin tells us, I was telling you about, which stands for Travel, Explore, Live and Learn Smart, which a lot of people don't know. They always- I wouldn't have said that. Say. I wouldn't have realized <laughs> what it was because I just thought Yasmin feels like, Yes, and that too, and that too. But yeah, it's a platform just to um, encourage more people to live outside their comfort zone, to do more travel, to do more exploring. And yeah, I try and advise people, give them tips on how to explore West Africa. Mm. And, and we see that as well, like through your, um, through like your Instagram and everything. And I feel like an episode like this has been pending because there's so many of us, especially now with the times that we're in, like as black people, you know, we want to invest back home. We want to go back home and, you know, um, what's it called? Start up again or something, you know, because, you know, these people, they like to tell us to go back to Africa. So it's like, all right, let's do it. But, you know, it's, I feel like it's lit to get advice from people that have actually done that, you know, wait that sounds really mad you didn't just go back to Africa like that that sounds weird but um you know you went to Sierra Leone you know you're doing amazing things both of you so yeah like let's start with Yasmin with an E what was that like like what made you say you know what I'm I want to move back to Sierra Leone and I want to settle what was that like all for now settle for now Right. Um, so it was like early 2014. So I came back in February. Uh, and honestly, things just weren't working out for me in the States. Uh, my emotional health was low. My mental health was low. I said, let me just come back to Salon and like come in for like a quick like mental, like a temperature check. So I was here for six, originally I was supposed to be here for six months, but then Ebola happened. So like during Ebola, I started getting involved in the recovery process. I was teaching, but then I was also volunteering. So I guess in a way, Ebola kind of like uh, ignited or reignited my patriotism because like um, I grew I spent some time in Sierra Leone before coming back in 2014 
um, after the war, I came for the first time. So I did uh, half of fourth grade and uh, a year of fifth grade before returning to the States. And then I came back, I did a little bit of high school. So I've schooled here, I've lived here. But coming from that mindset, like a very privileged um, diaspora, like American Sierra Leone, we always thought that Sierra Leone was like an end to a means or a means to an end. So like when I actually came and, you know, I saw what can be done. And while I was also trying to find myself, I was like, you know, Sierra Leone is a way not, uh, I, I wouldn't say a, like a dumping ground to like reinvent yourself, but Sierra Leone is that kind of a state if everything in the world is like failing and you just want to come back to your roots. So that's how it was for me. And then after the uh, Ebola process, um, after the recovery process, yeah, I started uh, teaching and that's when I started my business. So um, that's pretty much why I came back home, just to recenter myself. And I haven't, been, I haven't left, so clearly I found peace. Yeah, really, yeah. When you said the thing about how it's a place where you can kind of go and reinvent yourself, I feel like that's something I've always kind of been fighting with because, like, I I wouldn't, I wouldn't know where it starts because I was born here, you know, in the UK, so there's a certain type of standard of living that I'm very used to, but not closed off to the idea of moving back. So I've been very open to it more and more as I grow up. Just because I just feel like, what am I doing? Like, what am I actually doing? Do you know what I mean? And I'm not sure. Like, do you, do, I feel like that's that's probably like something that you might have gone through. I'm just thinking, like, what, what am I doing? Like, yeah. I, th- I think if you visited here a few times, like, it doesn't really matter where you're born, where you're from, because yeah. I'm the same for you. And I'm, I'm, was born and raised in the UK and I've made the decision to come and relocate here. However, that being said, my first visit here, I was eight years old. And then from 14 to like a span of 10 years, I think I was coming consecutively like every Christmas. So for me, the move wasn't like, it wasn't drastic or anything. It was almost like it was, it was, it was in the pipeline, like it was meant to happen. Um, so a bit of my backstory, why I ended up, Moving to Sierra Leone is, so I always say this was a really pivotal moment for me. When I was in the UK at university doing interior architecture, I did an internship in Dakar, Senegal, which is also in West Africa. And I just had the most amazing time. And it was like my first time going to another West African country for a long period of time. And then by the time I went back to, I feel like I said time like five times. (laughs) <laughs> um, and then when I went back to the UK it was like I just felt like I'd outgrown it I was just like what am I doing here like I, I just got so used to like the slow pace of life and just eating fresh food and people mm. smiling at you and just having conversations with strangers like I feel like I'm romanticizing it a little bit but like I felt like I got used to that way of living um, and then when I went back to the UK similar thing I just wasn't fulfilled and I was just like mate if, if I'm still feeling this down by the end of the year I'm moving and as impulsive as I am, that's exactly what I did. <laughs> so um, yeah, that's kind of what happened. But I always say like Senegal was a pivotal moment for me because I feel like if I didn't do that, I probably wouldn't have made the decision to be here now. Quick question. Yeah. So when you moved back, did you move the family or was it just you there? Well, my mom and my stepdad actually live here. And similar, Yaz's parents live here as well. I think it's always important we mention that because because we have mm-hmm. that, that as you can imagine, it's a great cushion to us. It's a great support. Yeah, that also um, had a part to play in our decision making, most likely subconsciously or consciously. Right, just to follow up on what um, Yasmin said about like the kind of slow pace, you know, in, in the States and the UK, it's a very capitalist society. So, you know, you're always like on to the next thing, living. You live to work just so you can work to live. It's, you know, so I was also tired of that kind of lifestyle. But I always make the joke, like, ever since I came back to Salon, I've been visiting the UK once a year from 2017. So every time I go, I always make the joke that, like, as soon as I get to Heathrow, I'm like, there's no Santiki, there's no Momodo who will F me with my luggage. Now, me one get me to I go, you know. As soon as you get to Freetown, but when you get to Lungay International Airport, there's someone uh, once was if there's no, 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 the UK is bad vibes. In the UK, nobody is from that bad. Nobody looks two suitcases, nobody cares. So no. that's one thing I also like. People actually care. People care. 
So mm. that's one thing I also like about Sierra Leone. That's what parents always say as well. Like parents who move to Sierra Leone, they always mention how like the cost of childcare is so drastic because mm. you have such support here. You have nannies, you have family, like, and it's obviously not what you pay for nurseries and, and child support in the UK. So I, that's always something I note when I'm speaking to people who have kids and they move, and they move here. They always mention that, like, what they pay in comparison. Can I ask, guys? Yeah. So obviously, you both said that, like, you know, both of your parents are in Syria. So it does make it a little bit different because it's not like you just, you know, went to Syria and you're living there by yourselves. However, I'm sure that you'll still be able to like relate to this question. So what is it like in terms of, you know, like the cost of living? So for someone that's deciding that, you know what, I've been going to Sierra Leone for some years now. I feel like I want to make the move. Like, what is it like in terms of, you know, cost of living? What do I have to think about that maybe in the UK or in America, I won't have to think about? Yes, um, I I'll say generally speaking, um, the cost of living varies. Of course, if you're in the capital in Freetown, it's much more expensive than in more rural communities. But in Freetown, real estate can be on the pricey end, especially if, like you said, you're coming from a more developed country and um, you're used to a certain standard of living, uh, 24 hours power, for example, uh, internet, electricity, all of those things kind of add up because it's not included in, in most places. Anyways, like if you're getting a house on a apartment, those are your utilities in the States, you can get a place and maybe it's all inclusive, whereas they'll be there readily available. So um, it can be kind of a hassle, yeah. But um, there are a lot of trusted websites. I won't, you know, I ain't promoting nobody, but there's a lot of, <laughs> no, <we promise. laughs> a lot of trusted uh, salon. <laughs> Lotus Salon um, real estate uh, websites that you can, it's a simple Google search and you can see some property listed. Yeah. And you can also ask around because one thing about Salon, it's a word of mouth site. So even if that person doesn't know, it must be somebody who knows somebody who knows somebody. But uh, in terms of things that I kind of prepare yourself when you're coming on the ground, uh, power for sure. Uh, the power issue has um, improved drastically over the past 10 years, but it's still a challenge. So there's that. Um, uh, consistent um, water. Uh, internet has also has improved in the past six years I've been here, but you know, we could still be leap years away uh, from where we are now. So those are like the three basic things. Like, as Yasmin said, fresh food is not an issue. Just go to the market, bam. And our food is free of GMO. So it's not like, you know, life, like shelf life in the UK where you will see the same rotten dotty apple for almost days, you know? <laughs> you go to the market, you know that was plucked fresh for you. So food mm -hmm. is not an issue. That is something that you definitely save a lot of money. But it's uh, the electricity and the internet is where you spend money. Yeah. Okay. I guess we want to have... Go on, go on. No, I was going to say, I always say to people, once you have um, TIA sorted, so TIA is your transport, your income, your accommodation, then you're good to go. <laughs> Yeah, yeah, I like that. Don't make <laughs> any kind of moves about that. Like, you need transportation. I won't even play to someone. There's but like even us that just travel to visit, that's our biggest bane of existence. Like, if you don't have transport and you ain't on a road that is near a road that can get you a taxi, I'm pretty sure you're going to be stuck in your house till someone decides to come and pick you up. Because you're walking up them bumpy roads to try and find taxi. Yeah. And you can't go somewhere I mean, you can do it, but it's all, it's all costly at the and end. It's about convenience. Yeah. yeah. So definitely it's doable. It's just convenience. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. I'm, I was just going to say, um, I'm, I'm happy that you guys cleared that up. Because sometimes I feel like people think, oh, let's go to, you know, okay, Sierra Leone now. Oh, it'll be a lot more cheaper. But it's actually, it's not. You know, it's not. Maybe like in, maybe in compared to like... I don't know, obviously, like, pounds and leones, but it's not going to be, like, just easy to just move around straight away. So that's yeah. what kind of what I've got from that, because you have to think about, okay, well, with, um, for example, when you're talking about the properties, not all properties are all-inclusive, you know, whereas here we kind of have that luxury. So, yeah, yeah. that'd be a lot clear. That. But surely, but sure, sorry to cut you, but surely everywhere has those things anyway, so I'm pretty, mm. not to, like, dismiss what you're saying, but... I'm pretty sure anyone, if you're moving anywhere, you're going to have in mind that everywhere's got its flaws. You get it? Yeah. Because the way it's sounding, yeah, it does. Just like you said, what's it called? Tia? Tia? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Travel. Tia, yeah, those things are going to be like, <laughs> but I'm pretty sure it's still going to be way cheaper than living in like, London 
I guess it depends on how much money you have. Right. I guess, like, to follow up on, like, what Aisha is saying, basically, like, the upfront cost in Sierra Leone, it can, it's not easy. Not everyone has that disposable income. So you'd have to save quite a lot just to kind of be uh, comfortable when you arrive. But definitely over time, yes, it pays off. So think of it as an investment. The upfront cost is, it can be costly. But over time, yeah, especially, like, uh, if you're fortunate to build your own house, you know, things like that. It gets easier over time, but I would definitely say, like, anyone who wants to come, apart from Yasmin's suggestion about um, try uh, frequenting Sierra Leone, like, every time when you get a chance. But if you do decide to take that leap, at least you need to give Sierra Leone at least six months. I'm not saying you'll have everything figured out, but it's like a, a trial period. If you're not sure, give yourself six months. If you know how to not work out, you know, you're not a failure. It just didn't work out. You go back. But if it does, if you find something worth uh, keeping you here, then continue to explore because it gets easier. Yeah, I feel like here's one of those countries, like once you have an income and you have a budget, you can live nice and you don't yeah. need to have like that much of an income. However, if you do not have that source of income, well, you don't know, you can suffer bad. That's just bad. That's just fast. Because no, you know how it is. Money can no, just you run. You know what I'm saying? Yes, we got back. <laughs> you broke anywhere in the world, you're going to be like, damn, and someone. Yeah. But I feel like it's more painful here. Yeah, because it's probably going to be more painful. You know, actually, I differ because I've been broke in the States and I've been broke in Salon. I feel like being broke in Salon, it better pass because you must get one to Fambul where you go, Abo Pam. When you're over there, you're by yourself. There's no question. You are following by that, yourself. Following that, Yasmin, I just feel like in Salon, like regardless of what you're making, you could be a high end, it could be a low end. But I feel like on man, they live to their level. Saying that, exactly. it doesn't matter Not what true. you're making, at least you have the beach. We're all eating the same fresh fruit. We all have the same weather. You know? So there's other things that kind of compromise the financial stuff. Yeah, where, like you like said, in the, in the in the UK or where wherever in the West, you're you're by yourself, and it it takes a lot on your mental toll. I'm not even trying to diss the UK because I'm here and I do love it. No, and I'm it. Back. <laughs> but it's like being broke in the UK, like broke, you like it's painful. and it's raining. Yes. <laughs> you question your life, right? You're like, what am I doing? Oh, <laughs> no. no. We need to talk on a real level because honestly, uh, like, I've been, I've been through it. I've honestly been through it. I told you, that's why. Like you switch on the news and not get me wrong. Anywhere you go in the world, there's problems. Yeah. But honestly, it's that constant. Oh, it's tricky. Stabbing, stabbing, this, that, Jesus. Like, you just can't quit. Like, you go to work. They're talking about redundancies or you're not getting treated right because you left or you can't do nothing you want to go back you know what yeah like honestly you're so right and like i've been screaming the the uk is bad vibes bad Bad vibes bad telling you and you know what yeah one one thing yeah that i feel like well there's loads of advantages that you guys have here but one of the main advantages that i can think of is you're both black people living in a black country like there's certain things that you know compared to myself and Fiona, you're not going to go through in Sierra Leone because everybody looks the same you know no one's not coming to look at you like oh why are you here in this space and and that kind of like leads me on to a question like what is it like being a, a black woman a black creative especially black creative in Sierra Leone what's that like it's very interesting because I feel like you kind of have to mold the space by yourself there's not like I feel like the creative industry is not it's not it's not here it's just like the institutions are not developed that being said it has been a lot better in the in recent times for example we're having a lot more art exhibitions we have like the Medeng festival annually so that is good like more people are expressing their creative side but following what you were saying about being black in Sierra Leone, it's fantastic. I have no more imposter syndrome. I'm not second um, guessing myself. I'm not like, you know, like I feel like all of those small things they eat at you when you're, no I don't know, when you're a minority, basically. Yeah. I got a question. 
Um, and she's like, I got a question. I, no, because I, I just, I just yeah, don't want to cut. I don't want to cut anybody, you know? We're all just nice people. Okay. Anyway, um, so, can I just answer Aisha's question real quick before you yeah, ask this? Or is it a follow-up to Aisha's question? Okay. Um, okay, so I'm just going to... As a follow-up. Okay, so I'm just going to reword Aisha's question a little bit. So um, how is it like being a creative in Sierra Leone? Because like, as you right said, we're Black, you can see that. And we live in a country that's already Black. Africa, we don't have Black people. The, con- the construct of Black just mm. So as a Sierra living uh, in being in the creative space, it's, it's very fulfilling. You, you are, apart from being an entrepreneur and you're in, you're in charge of your own hours and stuff like that, you can see where you want to make change. Because for me, um, yes, um, creativity is about making money as well, but it's also about impacting lives. So I feel like you can kind of have the ball in your court. And it's been really great working with other people who are like-minded. But as Yasmin said, the, stru- the infrastructure is not completely there. We're building it. I would say our generation is like the shakers and movers. We're very intentional about what we want to do because we know how far we've come and how far we need to go. But like when we always make this comparison, like with the West, then I put myself in like, oh, as a black creative, how can I compete with my white counterparts? Or how can I compete with others in the West? That's when I think that I'm black. But in Serbia, I'm just Serbian. Yeah. And you always that stroke of you have to work 10 times harder. Like you, you always get that when you're elsewhere. Whereas exactly. Like said, it's not really a thing here. Yeah, no, go, go, go. you're just in competition <laughs> with yourself. Can I ask a question? <laughs> go ahead, Aisha, Aisha, go, go. Sorry, Fiona, Fiona. Yeah. <laughs> May I ask um, So, yeah, following up on Aisha's question, what's it like being a woman in Serena? Because we had somebody on our podcast previously <laughs> they talked about... Say. Huh? We had Latoya say. on our podcast mm-hmm. who oh, spoke about being a woman in Serena because we were expressing... Basically, the conversation was around Twitter and Salon Twitter against UK Salon Twitter and how everybody's just irate for no reason. So mm-hmm. <laughs> we were talking about all of that. And we were basically trying to say, you lot, like, we get it. But also, we, we have to think about being Black in the UK, racism, etc. She goes, yeah, you guys have to think about that. We have to also think that we have to think about being a woman. They said, yeah, and she told us about some experiences that were quite worrying so my question is what's it like being a woman in Serbia? okay let me answer this with something that just happened to me today so i went to lunch with a friend and um so i'm not gonna say the restaurant because you know i'm against free promo but i went to this restaurant on wilkinson road and uh, <laughs> so um when i tried to park the car next to me was pulling out so i said okay let me just take their parking spots so but then another car just came up next to me so i just parked parallelly next to the car basic basically parallel parking when i came down the guy really proud of a simple access park he's like hey you did you did you did like man congratulations i was like is that a compliment that I'm a competent driver? What do you mean I drive like a man? I had time today, so I just had to check it out. So I was just like, what do you mean? It's like, oh, because like, the way you pass, I was like, no, 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 no. What do you mean by that statement? Is it only men capable of driving? And then he had to think about it. He's like, oh, what are you talking about, way, dear? Not of two. I was like, well, obviously. So let's just keep it moving. No, just enter. So to answer your question, it is an up and hill battle, mm. honestly, because you're seeing when you're you're looked at as by your gender and just like you all are just looked at being black first you're already diminishing a part of that person's humanity you're i'm not looked as human first so in some spaces it can be very like cringe it can be very 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 uncomfortable especially in my field where it's very male dominated i can be in a boardroom half of them are like you know half my um twice my age and they're men so when i so you have to assert yourself so that's one thing i would say you just have to assert yourself it can be very cringe, and not just because I work in gender. It's something that you have to, to, to build your confidence for because they make callous, sexist remarks every single day. Today was just one of the remarks I decided to respond to. Sometimes for my own peace of mind, I don't respond. And the society itself, um, it, certainly we have a, 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 way, a long way to go. Yes, every single society in the world is patriarchal. But the impact of patriarchy is felt very much in stereotypes because you see it in everyday life. Uh, girls are being married off. Uh, mm. Women are being sexually harassed at university. You're reminded of patriarchy every single day. So those challenges and those barriers 
can be difficult to maneuver, to break, dismantle, but we just have to keep on being loud. We just have to keep on being loudspeakers because we're not going to stop. So, um, yeah, so that's, that's how it's like being a woman. It's an uphill battle. Yeah, this, following what Yasmin said, it's more the safety of women that kind of rang alarm bells to me. And I didn't realize my privilege as a woman from the West until I moved here. It's, it's, it's hard to explain, but like Yasmin said, it's in like everyday things. Um, even you hear cases of um, domestic um, abuse, domestic violence, and then the police officers, they might not take it seriously if it's the women going, or they'll get family members involved. And they always, like, there's always always this message of, oh, Nafo, Bia, Bia, Bia. Oh, that term that. so much. Like, my, my name is not Bia, Trisha, Nafo, tell me for Bia. I hate mm-hmm. Bia, <laughs> like, all the time. And I feel like they always, they're not telling them, they always tell women exactly. to do this. It's like, so me for Bia, Tia, I die. Oh, no, that's like, what they want. That's what they want. That's what they want. You know what, can I tell you? They would rather their daughters return in a coffin than return from a broken marriage. Mm-hmm. It's the truth. Yeah. Can I tell you guys a story? So I was talking to, um, mm-hmm. I don't want to say the relationship because, yeah. So I was talking to someone and we were talking about like relationships. It's a Syrian person, it's a man. That's another wild thing huh? here. I said, that's another wild we'll thing. <laughs> Check out the Inner Salon. I was talking about a whole episode about that. But yeah, continue, Fiona. <laughs> so they were talking about relationships and I was asking them, well, how's your girlfriend? Because when I went there, I met their girlfriend. And, and to be honest, I know things weren't great because the girlfriend, when obviously when I came back, you know when you go there, you create relationships with like, the people around you and people take your number. Well, if you allow them to, because not everybody that should have your number, I'm not going to lie. But... So she would tell me about, you know, domestic abuse situation where he, like he would beat her up and whatnot and etc. So me, I, <laughs> I guess it's because we're from the West because we've been to just talk, do you get me? So I was like, you're stupid because what kind of person that like, hits a woman? And there was like, hey, are you going to talk down there? I said, no, it's not, are you going to talk down there? I said, you've been, I said, I can never respect a man that hits a woman. So I'm, we're going back and forth in this conversation, but it's not like an attack, but I'm just letting you know, if, you, if it's the respect you want from me, you're not going to get it unless you stop doing all of that, because that's not cool. And then he said, oh, but you don't understand because you're overseas, because Salon Umane Sabibia. That thing triggered me because I was like, you think it's all, I said, that's not a justification. And that means they do it because they know that the woman will accept it. You need to sit back and really understand it doesn't make sense. But the thing is, I don't understand. This is my thing, yeah? When it comes to things like that, I understand that a lot of it is learned behavior, but that's not an excuse because you should know right from wrong and you know the battles that you're picking, right? So men... They go and they pick specific battles with certain people based off of how much they feel like they have superior, superiority. Is that the word? Superiority of it. Mm-hmm. So you cannot sit here and try to like justify these things that you're doing by that's what I grew up with and that's what I've learned when you already are aware of what is right and what's wrong. Mm-hmm. So at what point does this conversation become more widespread where people are starting to understand? It's not cool. Do you understand what I mean? Yeah. Do you know mm-hmm. what as well? I was just gonna say that like, with um with that and also with patriarchy in, in general, like just like what Yasmin um said, Yasmin E said, you have to call it out. Like I feel like it starts from there. When you start calling it out, even if it's just quote unquote little things, yeah. When you start quote um, um calling it out more, then it's like they will understand. But then another part of me is like, but it's not our job to do that. As, as, a, as a woman, it's not my job to tell you that how to treat me as a human being. I don't, you know, that's, and that's one thing that I feel like men struggle with. And it's sometimes it's only until sometimes another man tells them what you're doing is wrong. That's when it's like, oh, okay, okay, I understand this. And, and I can only imagine what it's like in Africa as well, because like what we were saying earlier, maybe over um, in, in Sierra Leone, there's, you know, you're not gonna really suffer maybe from racism like that. But there is sexism, you know, and that's a big thing. That's something that can hold back a woman in Sierra Leone. So, yeah, and th- that guy that you're talking to is disgusting. Like, uh, he's all right. Absolutely. He's all right. He's all right. But, anyways. <laughs> <laughs> right. So, let's switch it to a lighter note. Um, how have you all found uh, dating 
either um, Cerulean men or West African men? Uh, how, how do you find it? Uh, she's like, I like that. No, how do you find dating? Like, um, especially, yeah, especially, yeah, we're twinning, we're twinning. Uh, <laughs> uh, yeah, so how do you find dating um, other Africans or other Ceruleans uh, in the diaspora? And then Yasmin and I will, of course, give our take uh, in Salon. Actually, you go first. Nice. I'll tell you to go first. Tell you to go first. Oh, so dating a Sierra Leonean here. I've never done that. I've never done that. I like my life. I've never done that before. I've never done that in all seriousness. So I don't even know how to answer the question. Here we go. Hey. Here we go. What about other West Africans? Yeah, how you or Africans. Just or Africans. Okay, okay, so... Wait, wait, force, wait, force. If, Ula, if mm. you go to the previous episodes, there's one where we specifically talk about Ash's type. I didn't say Jamaicans. What's wrong with you? I didn't say that. I agree. Oh, okay. I Anyways. Okay, so like in terms of West Africans, um, do you know what, yeah? Sometimes I'm a little bit weary. I can't lie of dating okay. other West Africans, even though I know as a Australian in the UK, because there's not many of us, like, you know, I'm probably more than likely going to end up with someone that is not Sierra Leonean. But I get worried because, okay, cool. So let me spill a little bit of my tea. So there was one time where I was talking to someone that was, um, that's, that's Ghanaian, isn't it? And you know, everything was fine until we really started to have the conversation of, I don't know if we can actually be together because, you know, I'm Ghanaian, my family are quite traditional, they want me to be of a Ghanaian woman. And that was the first time that I'd ever been hit with something like that because I know as a Sierra Leonean, I think it's, maybe I'm wrong, or maybe other families are like this, but I think it's rare for a family to be like, you must marry a Sierra Leonean. Do you know what I mean? Maybe I'm wrong. But, you know, for me, I haven't experienced that. My mum's not like that. My dad isn't like that either, thank God. But it's just, it's weird. So sometimes I feel like being with someone that's West African, I'm thinking automatically, are their family going to accept me? That's what I'm thinking. And I shouldn't have to think like that. But <coughs> like, I think from that experience, it proper opened my eyes that, you know, you do have some people whose families are like that. So how do you deal with it? You know, but he was... um. Let me not let Lana use bad word, but he was a certain certain, you know. He's a judge. Yeah, I think we'll use that. I think, <laughs> I think why your parents are probably open is because I always say this. I feel like Sierra Leone's we're an open book. That being said, like we let everyone in. We're very friendly people, mm-hmm. and that can sometimes be used to our disadvantage. People will take advantage of that fact. That being said, um, Ghanaians, every time I've gone to Ghana, that's something I've noticed. I like Ghana, I've had a vibe, but I've noticed Ghanaians are very, I don't go to them close to them safe no more. Actually, no, 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 yeah. this, Ghanaians are closed. Like they're very to themselves. No, they're not closed. The book, not even this safe. It's not just how. Me and Fiona always say this, literally. I love my Ghanaians, I'll get me more Oof. If they're, being, mm. they're to themselves, they're, they're very patriotic. Really? That's the word. I don't know, but yeah, you could be surprised. Yeah, but really, to follow up on what Yasmin was saying, um, like Salon, we're quite open. And like this is why you see like in our um people intermarriage, not just like um different uh, um nationalities, but religions. It's very mm-hmm. common to see a Muslim marry a Christian. Look at our president, his whole mm-hmm. wife is a Muslim and he's a whole Christian. And so, I never knew about this until I moved, you know. For us, yeah. Really? I think we're quite open yeah, about those kind of things. Mm-hmm. But what about you, Fiona? Spill some tea, girl. I'm here. Spill your tea. We're waiting. So, um, <laughs> okay. <laughs> I think she has an interruption. Oh, well, I can't spill the tea now. <laughs> no, I'm serious. Fine. She loves my best friend. Oh, okay. Um, no, I lied. I told, I said the story. Yeah, no, I've dated one, but I feel like he's more British than anything. So does that count? It's not like a, a culture thing. I don't really feel like it. For me personally, I feel like I'm okay. I'm okay. I'm okay with that. You know, it's okay. I like the way you're putting it in a nice, nice way. I'
not to be rude, you get me, but I just haven't met anyone that's like, yeah, everyone's just more that's like bro, bro, cousin. So right, you know, yeah. hey, you know, it's just a bit. Mm. And then, yeah, no. But do you know what? You're right. We are open to relating like parents to allow like other people to come in our culture and whatnot. But then I've exper- I've experienced like a brief conversation. Where did you come from? A brief conversation. Sorry, it's like a little flight. It just keeps coming everywhere. Brief conversation. So I remember one time my mom had like this lunch on sale. When my mom has lunch on sale, I have to show his boys. So she had lunch on sale, and then um, me and my brother we went. And I had just finished filming something else. So I was with my friend, this guy, and he's not Serena. So he came with me, and then my auntie was like, oh, Is this your man? And I said, Nah. And he was joking with her. He was like, Yeah, he's like, I, I want to be with Fiona and whatnot. And she was like, She's like, What country are you from? And he, he said, Oh, like, Zambia. And she was like, Listen, you lot can have, basically, she said this in Korea. I don't want to say in Korea because I don't know how to. She goes, You lot have all your fun and that now, but you know, get for happy. And I'm like, Listen, darling, yeah, first of all, what the hell? It's not even what you think it is, yeah? And second of all, <laughs> my mom ain't even say that. And then my mom came and she goes, Well, let's take the them. But I just felt like, what, what was that? Like, the entitlement. But you know, people, they feel entitled to you when they feel like they've raised you. You raised me. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. But no, in terms of like dating a ceremony, I haven't come across any that has shown that they're serious. Or fancy. That no, not even just fancy. That they I've seen I've seen some good looking ones, I can't learn. But it has shown me that they're serious candidates because I see the way you move around people. It's not it's not it's not cute. And the ones that I have seen that are serious, they're with other people outside of ceremony. They're not with ceremonial girls, do you get it? Okay. So I haven't really had a good example. Of, and we were talking about this actually. We were even talking about how even the older generation, how many together Serbian couples do we see that last long? I haven't seen a lot in my, you know, growing up. So if I'm not seeing my auntie and my uncle together for long term, I'm not really looking at it like, yeah, well, this is a serious. I've never really grown up thinking Serbian men are serious, which is sad. Yeah. So there's not many examples. And every every other man is, hey, but baby, I love you. You don't even know me, bro. You don't even know me. I feel like this is the perfect mm. time for, um, like, Nella Rose's video. Are you not embarrassed? Like, embarrassed. <laughs> <laughs> I ain't not embarrassed. <laughs> <laughs> it's, it's that's just not, that's just a, a pool, that's just a war that I'm not doing my toe in. Every but it would be nice. What no. about you guys, though? No, I'm alright. Oh, we living in the fire, honey. It's oh, what, is it, what is the jungle like in Sierra Leone? I want to know. Yeah, you. Well, uh, just for those who are watching, we have a whole episode. Uh, yeah, so what episode is uh, Dating in Salon? Is it 36, number, 35? I the number, but it's a... But yes, yeah, so, but you can check it out um, uh, on our link tree, so feel free. But yes, okay, from our, well, from my experience, it ain't been good. Yeah, yeah. You know, we're, we're pushing seven years. I'm still single, so that's just, that's, you know, but it's that's not what it's exhausting. <laughs> it's very exhausting. You said what? It's exhausting. I feel like that's where I'm at right now. Do you not? I feel like, you know, one thing you have to like overcome is like find someone that you vibe with mentally. Because like you said, in, in a lot of serotonin men, there is that sexism, that misogyny. Even in the, the good guys, there is that undertone of sexism and misogyny. But I mean, maybe that's the case with, with men globally. But in Sierra Leone, it just seems more pertinent because we're in this very patriarchal society. And for the most part, despite us being in Freetown, we're still quite conservative, you know, um, not very progressive and forward thinking. So that can be a challenge just to kind of like find someone who has the exact same or similar morals or ideologies. as That's one thing. And the Lona wouldn't talk about, you know, infidelity, you know, people that always get their relationship status is always so complex. They can never just say, I'm single. Well... You know, I'd be good. Everyone I'd be has a yeah, I'm married, but you know, it's always something, it's always a but. It's like, mm-hmm. just let me know what is, are you single? Are you married? Are you divorced? It's never a simple yes or no question. So, 
So even at that, it's like, do you want to go down that rabbit hole? So, I mean, there are a few success stories, of course, that, you know, but you see it on social media. What happens on social media? No means say it's happening in their homes. So, really, it's just good vibes and inshallah. That's how we, we ride here. <laughs> it's just my place. Like, good vibes and inshallah. Yeah, I'm leaving that one. <laughs> oh, that. I think oh, I would yeah. tell people if you want to come to Sierra Leone for fun, great. It's your place for that. If you're looking for love, I wouldn't suggest here out of all the countries in the world. Can you say that louder? Yasmin said she would not advise. Don't do it. I know. In the whole world. Wow. In the whole of the world. Don't traumatize yourself like that. No, God forbid. Listen. God. bad him. So just imagine. What Yasmin was saying, Yasmin was like, it's important to find someone you vibe with. Sometimes you can find someone you vibe with and then you realize that they're a liar. Like a <laughs> uh, yeah, the, the whole thing was a facade, yeah. That that. <laughs> the whole thing will just come on under you back when I don't begin go far. When I don't begin go far. Whoop, it come on under you. It's like, eh. Hey. <laughs> <laughs> okay, so do y'all follow Oloni? Oloni, um, yeah. The, oh, yeah, yeah. Okay, y'all know Oloni, but for those yeah, who don't, like Oloni, the, yeah, the, the sexual wellness person. So like Oloni had this one thread because I love following her thread. She had this one thread around Halloween and she was like, ladies, when was the time that you juju someone? When I saw all the crazy stories, I, first of all, let me put a disclaimer. I'm a Muslim. I don't practice juju. I'm not endorsing juju. However, I can understand why juju is necessary. Because <laughs> of the things that these men have put with. I'm like <laughs> no but men you know what I, I was just going to say that like, men yeah they are truly mad and it's the fact that they it's like they really dwell in their madness you know they, it's almost it's almost like they're happy to stay if now Chris man you like why can't you just go like go somewhere else like it's crazy. Ashram, start yeah. that whole sentence again the way exactly how you say it just what that men are crazy men are mad yeah men are mad i mean it and, and i mean it so mm. just like what you said jasmine i please i don't condone anything like that i think i don't think it's, it doesn't work juju or whatever that doesn't work to go and do that on someone mm. like let's let's use our brains here but sometimes when but. you read the story when you read the stories it's like you 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 get you get swear so that's why they did that that's why they did right. that. it's not so easy <laughs> Honestly, yeah, God, no, it's so crazy that you just said that exact same expression. The friend that I went to lunch with, she said the same thing. She's like, Let's just stop saying men are trash, it's men are mad. I'm like, Yes, men are mad. The one that annoys mm-hmm. me though, it's like, you, if you're mad, fine, you'd be mad by yourself, but why are you coming to take me out of my peace? Thank you, you. Mama. Thank you. <laughs> like, what kind of selfishness? Yeah. 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 Just chilling. Vibing, you can't literally in the corner. You only like it because you confuse it for the chase when it's just their own confusion confusion. Listen, the one that you don't know where it's coming to stop your peace first, yeah? And then you're not mm-hmm. giving you're not giving you finally giving it when they flip the script, like, like you're the crazy one, and it's like, bro, you started this. Don't try to flip it on me like this. Mm-hmm. You started this. You can't stop my and now. When I'm coming and I'm addressing what I feel that you made me feel for you, mm-hmm. I'm the crazy one. It's so, but you know what as well? It's actually selfishness. Like I really, I really feel like the conversation is gonna go somewhere else here. But I just wanted to say that like, basically the other day, like me and my mum were talking in it. I was just talking about how like with men, sometimes it's like they don't get it until it's too late. So she was just, you know, we was just talking about how like sometimes you have cases where like a woman can be with a man or whatever they have their child and everything and then men especially African men they love some of them let me say actually love doing this they can just up and leave and I feel like men kind of have that what's the word like they kind of have that leverage where like if they want to and if they feel that they need to they will up and leave 
and that's the selfishness I feel like that's a foundation as well and it and it really does transpire to relationships as well you end up being mm. selfish you end up not even having any kind of consideration for your partner so it's so easy for you to go out there and cheat like I just mm. I don't get it and it's a universal thing because you're not just hearing black women speak like this you hear white mm. women you hear all types of women it's a universal thing for them you yeah, know it's like what I was saying Aisha I feel like men just lack accountability like if yep. there was more repercussions for their actions then it wouldn't be this case but it's very much we should always hold accountability because you know you really hurt the man's ego because what we do is emotional but what they do is not emotional and that is the foundation of sexism and patriarchy yeah it's like uh if we create systems and dismantle these systems wherein men are not held accountable believe me like i mean for example right now the the sexual offenses act of 2012 was amended back in last year 2019 so with the whole rape um emergency that the president had um announced last year so with this new uh sexual offenses act if anyone has been convicted of of uh, rape, someone under age 18 or above, the minimum uh, sentence will be 15 years. So this is how your systems can start working for you to hold men accountable. Things like, you know, changing the laws, just making sure that, look, this one, we didn't take big. Of course, there's still obstacles in that. Like we said, they will come, fumble and go come, say, hey, BL, hey, no, uncle, go, you know, uh, so we still have this mindset that we have to protect. And, and I say we, I mean collectively as a society, not us necessarily. Mm-hmm. We have to protect and enable men. And this is why they feel so entitled. Yeah. So if you get, if he meets up the woman, we'll just, um, it's, you know, your ego will goose, but you know, whatever, nobody's about the male ego. That mm-hmm. is when they'll start to think, uh-uh. So what I'm doing is, you know, it's not like a one-stop method. Like it works for every woman. No, some men be using the same played out lines. Or some men, men think because, you know, what they've been doing to Fatsu and Haja, they can come with it to um, Aisha and Yasmin. How? Mm-hmm. So, my sister, mm-hmm. yes, and just to piggyback what you're saying as well, like, sometimes you really do have women and a lot of, obviously, African women need to, like, stop this practice they, they are enablers as well sometimes we think mm-hmm. that it's just mm-hmm. oh yeah it's just men acting this way you have women that are so deep-rooted in patriarchy yeah? you can't even patriarchy princesses not you know i mean they, they practice it as well like you could even have some mm-hmm. cases where like a woman may be getting beaten up by her you know her her partner or her husband and you will have one auntie that will be there but saying but what did you do what did you do for him to beat you like that you know, so I feel like it's actually in both sides. We need it needs to be dismantled, not just with men, but also with our women as well. Like we with women. in our, our women. There's certain things that even like let me be real, like even with like a, let's say an auntie or maybe even my mum, if if I hear something, I have to correct. Obviously with love, but you have to correct mm. sometimes. Because bear in mind they were born and raised there, you know. They they've come mm. here now and they still have some of these, you know, mentalities. And it's just like, you know what, instead of being like, I'm not gonna be harsh towards you, but whenever you say something that's not correct, I'm going to correct you because I don't want you when let's say I'm having my I have my children for you to maybe pass it on to them because they skip me. But yeah. to the grandbabies, you know? I said, I said we should dismantle the syndrome, the Napo BS syndrome, because oh, that's yeah. what it is. It's gone through generations. And we should start a GoFundMe account. <laughs> Something like that. We, we need that. <laughs> GoFundMe. Listen, mm. men are stupid. So that's the conclusion. <laughs> Like, no, can I tell you about my experience in Sierra Leone? Like, honestly, like, listen, for the, for the one, two weeks that I'm there, it's so funny. But as soon as I come back, every number's getting blocked. Every number's getting blocked. Every number. Every number. <laughs> <laughs> Honestly, if you make it past the, the unblocking, you're lucky. Because the way these come so hard on you is so funny because I just feel like and you know what this might be me being mean or my like you know I don't I don't know quite the wrong narrative in it but you know like when I went last year I mean there's one brother like who's on every day can I see him can I see him and because we were all part of like the same 
circle because I was there for a, a wedding. So it was very much like I was seeing a person every day. And then like, I remember one day we're just like talking, having like a proper heart to heart. So like the conversation was flowing and everything. And I was like, listen, I'm not gonna lie. This is all well and nice, but I'm not your visa. <laughs> So it was just okay, so that we don't turn this session into like a and or a session. No. Let's move on from this. <laughs> I was gonna stop it. I do have a question for the two. <laughs> I have a question for you too. Um, so yes, and I are already here, and you all are thinking or planning to come uh, back home or relocate home. Uh, what is your plan? Like, do you have a, a three-year plan, a five-year plan? When would you like to come? Like, I ask because. I don't, uh, if your reciprocal question will be, will I ever return to the West? I don't see myself living in a Western country anymore. I don't see myself living alone forever. I would definitely like to live in other countries in Africa because uh, I grew up in South Africa uh, after I left the state. So I, I've, I've lived in Africa a good chunk of my life, South Africa and Sierra Leone. So um, but I definitely think that there's more out there. There is more out there. So I would definitely like to live in another African country. But but I just don't see myself living in the West. Mm. Again, you gonna go first, me? Mm. What about the when if I was to relocate? Sorry, I was yeah. just, what's the question? Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> so what's that again? <laughs> you know what it is? It's because Fiona, Fiona's been to Sierra Leone like more times than I have, so that's why I've answered it. She was oh, how many times have you been? I think mm-hmm. <laughs> like three times. I think it's only been three. Oh. Okay, what about you, Fiona? Around the same amount of time, I've been really? like four times. Oh, okay, oh. okay. Mm-hmm. Um, I would like to do six months first to get a feel of it, but I need a reason. Do you know what I mean? I need a I need a project or something to be doing. Like I just don't want to just up and back, just like what you guys advise anyway. Of course, yeah, yeah. But okay. I, that's what's holding me back, and I'm I'm trying to. If that was the case, I would like potentially to go with my mom. If that was, mm-hmm. I wouldn't just you know what I mean because I don't see why. rather than thinking of it as you're planning too much try and have goals that's what I try and do like just set goals for yourself and then with the planning like you said you can't plan everything and as 2020 has shown us like we're not in full control of our lives so yeah yeah, let's try and set goals yeah no definitely that I mean in that way but in the sense where it's like so did you see that if it was a few years ago it's silly, but you know, you know, you go to uni, you come at you, I'm gonna get a grad job, and that don't work out that way ever. Um, <laughs> yeah, grad job, you're gonna like, you know, say what I have, you know, meet someone, try and have a child. Well, I'm 27 now, I'm sitting there a couple years ago saying I want to have a child before burning. I don't even know if that's gonna happen. I claim it, but it is what it is. But I feel like before I was definitely more uptight, if that makes sense, about things. I was very much more. Now, I'm just like, yeah, cool, whatever. Like, do you know what I mean? I don't know if I'm explaining this well enough. So, yeah, I do want to do the six months just to say, yeah, but honestly, I don't, I don't see myself here at all, to be honest. I can't, I just can't do it. I feel like what I would be here is six months here, six months here, six months here, six months. Do you know what I mean? I think I'd be, I think I need to take some time and just run away for a bit and then come back. Do you know yeah. what I mean? Options. Well, <laughs> yeah, yeah. As long as you're exploring your options, yeah. Yeah, that's what that's where I'm at right mm-hmm. now. So I would like to do that. I just need to really get the courage of this. Do it. Sorry for the language. Okay. Sorry, off topic. What did you both oh, yeah. study? Pardon? What did you both study? I studied multimedia journalism. Oh, nice. Fiona. Mm-hmm. I did business management, and I got a master's in HR. 
So I would want to go to Sierra Leone a couple more times, you know, experience and experience more of it. I was, I was speaking to my dad who um who currently lives there, and I was just saying to him like, I feel like every time I go, I'm just stuck in Freetown, and I want to explore other parts. I want to go to Makini. I want to go to Kenema. I want to go to all these other places and just really explore Sierra Leone because there's space out there. So um one thing, I, another thing that I'd want to do is really just figure out my motive like why am I going you know I don't I, like you know I don't want to just get up and leave like thankfully like I've got my dad out there so I know that if I do want to go out there he's there but I need a motive I don't want to just be there and then I'm kind of like stuck like okay so what do I do now and I'm just there enjoying the sun so um I know it'll be definitely something creative definitely or like um so I've got a company called Cocktails and Vibes so we do cocktail masterclasses and games night so maybe one day yeah like maybe one day bringing that to Sierra Leone the podcast of course we would definitely love to like go over there and kind of do something there Mm. um yeah like I'd definitely love to do maybe like a year you know after that you know regularly you know visiting I feel like that would be really good yeah you should do it your ideas are good like even if it was just like a workshop or an event Mm. Like the thing I really enjoy about Sierra Leone and um, Africa in general is it's very much a blank canvas. And what we're experiencing at the moment in in Freetown is that a lot of people are curating the events themselves. Before we always used to complain like, ah, there's nothing to do. It's the same things, just go to the beach. But now people are being creative in whatever they're doing and doing different events. So we have someone who has like a paintballing um, arcade space. So people balling uh people do like um dining experiences there's uh a wellness and yoga weekend retreat happening this weekend like so people are beginning to think out of the box and uh, that's what i like about here it's, it's you can thrive and a lot of people are doing more than one gig which i enjoy because i feel like when you try and do that in the west people look at you like e like are you not doing too many things you're a jack of all trades master of none it's not necessarily the case but you can have a lot of creative ideas and still have your nine to five or your other endeavors it works Mm -hmm. yeah and that's because like the pace is different like you're you're not trying to uh like keep up with the joneses or anything you can work at your time and that's how people i mean no no like oh man get mommy cooker you know no so you know go meet one surgeon and we say now this one here what can they do hello hello you know someone always has like a side hustle and it's celebrated here you know because you're going to spaces and this person that oh well i do this oh and i do that you know people wear multiple hats and it's something that's embraced here but like as yasmin said if it's in the west it's kind of like oh okay so what are you really doing you know you kind of get that look that kind of undertone as well so that's another good thing about Salon because the, the pace is not that fast. You can do multiple things if you pace yourself as well, because even that can get overwhelming, of course. And if you plan yourself to an extent. Mm-hmm. Oh, yeah. Exactly. Ask one question, sorry. What would you say is like your favorite, like, like why, like, you know, when you're just, you just want to do something fun, you, like out there, what's your, what's your go-to? Hmm. Good question. Well, because for me, um, like that's one thing I complained about when I came back. The scene, um, the social scene is not my kind of scene. So, you know, everyone likes to party, you know, go to the club. That's not something I'm really into. I like the art side, like, you know, going for a spoken word or going for like a jazz concert, things like that. They're very rare. They can't be one, one, ten. But as Yasmin said, a lot of uh, not just young creators, a lot of just people are curating their own events, bringing their own experiences, some learned experiences from the, the diaspora. So we're getting more of this kind of fusion culture in Freetown, which is great. So I find myself going out a bit more for social events and not just like in a, in a professional capacity. So I would say for now, right now, is like uh, I, I enjoy nature in general. So like I like going to the beach. So even if it's like um, number two or Tokyo or something, you know, go there, spend a weekend or spend a day, you know, um, I, I love Lester Peak as well. That's like one of, my, one of my favorite parts of the city. You can see all of Freetown, so the mountain peak. I drive up there and just relax. So for me, like that or yoga, I'm up into yoga. So 
So those are two things that I kind of like do to um, blow off steam or just, you know, different scene. Cool. Yeah, me. I'm, I would say I'm a beach babe. So yeah, as you know, we have beautiful beaches and as I document quite a lot on my IG, I think. So recently I went to Laka, there's a spot on Laka I like called The Rock. It's very, every time I go there, there's like no one there. So it's great. And yeah. I Huh? When I went last year, I stayed at Lacan. Oh, really? <laughs> I never stayed. My mom's from, okay. from Hamilton. So, oh, okay. yeah, her house wasn't done yet. So, we were staying at Lacan because we were staying at Occasion. I'm doing free advertising because the guy is at Occasion. <laughs> Go with it. It's nice. We stayed yeah. at Occasion. Mm-hmm. And it's a vibe. And even like just to go and see like my cousins and everything, we just walked across the beach to um, Hamilton. I think that's a great walk. Understand? Yeah. It's just a vibe. Like I felt so at peace. It was so nice. Honestly, it was just a nice, man. We're so blessed. That's like cool. the natural setting and the, the scenery of Sierra Leone. I just I always say I feel like we don't deserve the country. Oh, <laughs> just because um, of how people look after it. Yeah, I was actually saying that. Deserve it, but just, it's, it's like people underestimate its beauty. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Just just before, like you know, we. We wrap up, guys. Yeah, I just wanted to ask you, like, are you, are you guys on Clubhouse or anything like that? What is this Clubhouse? I'm Thank you. Yeah. I, was, I thought I was the only one. What's yeah. Clubhouse? Clubhouse. I can see on Twitter, but I don't know. Yeah. All right, so, do you guys remember House Party? House Party. Yeah, yeah. It's basically, yeah. it's basically House Party, but instead of like you know the visuals, it's just audio. Number one, number two, you can have like thousands of people in a room as well so it's like zoom well you see that's what i don't understand who knows no, a thousand people say you for talking to them a thousand people no, so it's, it's not a thousand people speaking so it'll be a oh. thousand people like for example like in a room let's say it's a really good conversation that's going so like yesterday i was in one about um like you know daddy issues and stuff and there was like hundreds of people in there so for example you could have like um let's say five moderators that will control who gets to come to the stage to speak so it's very controlled but i was just gonna say guys it would be a shout if you guys could you know get clubhouse and then we can create a room together and like you know create like a nice little australian community and stuff yeah. hosted by us. i think you need iphones you guys have iphones i have an iphone are you I'm team oh she's team android yeah. i'm team iphone oh. <laughs> <laughs> Wow, wait, so it's an app. So, so what y'all can do? Um, why why not start it? Since it's a good idea, and then I'll join. So this is just audio. You, you didn't watch Boston. You used to listen like audio. a podcast more like. Literally audio. I will be the moderator. Only us. And every time we'll start a new topic about whatever we want. Yeah. Interesting. That's literally it. Interesting. Okay. Well, okay. I'll go read more bottom. Cool. So guys, thank you so much for joining us. This has been so overview and it was amazing. So do thanks for having us. Thanks for having us. Obviously. Check it's, out not the, it's not the last time. It's not the last time. It's not the last time. So, okay. so I'm gonna shamelessly plug uh, my stuff, you know. Um, so you all can check me out at Mina Bilkis at M-I-N-A-B-I-L-K-I-S. I also have a website, minabilkis.com. You can also check out my business, Ori from Sierra Leone. So I do share butter products mm-hmm. infused with essential oils and carrier oils. And it's a social business. So our proceeds go and support a safe space for adolescent girls in Freetown. So mm-hmm. check that out at Ori from Sierra Leone. O-R-I from Sierra Leone. Oh, I'm here for it. And Yasmin? That's a plug. I feel like we plugged everything at the beginning, but here we go again. Obviously, the podcast at Y Square Pod. You can catch our episodes. We've done 40 so far, which is quite impressive i'm glad we've done that um my blog yasmintells.com and then i'm yasmin underscore tells on socials family business mama loose kitchen um yeah i think that's everything was that mama mama loose kitchen so mama lou yeah i feel like i've heard of it i followed i followed both of you i followed both of your businesses 
So, guys, as you know, we always do a big up to you where we pick up the ceremonial business that, you know, is doing bits in the community. So today, big up to you. I'm going to plug my brother. He started a trainer cleaning service called Mindeen with a Q. So that's double Q, L-E-A-N, up on Instagram. So follow them. Prices are lit. It's based in East London and Essex, but, you know, whatever. Um, <laughs> and you might as well plug it in here. Selling the business. Like, follow, promote it, get your shoes clean. Why not buy a professional? You know, yeah. it's, it's that time. Yeah. Time to get ready. <laughs> so, yeah, guys, thank you so much for joining us today on the podcast. So, we are now signing up. Make sure you're following Boku Talk, make sure you're following Y Squared, and you're following both of these ladies' businesses. You're following Cocktails and Vibes, you're following Fiona. <laughs> 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 oh, can we take a screenshot um, so we can post on socials? That's so, like, we post for like, yeah, okay. Yeah. I'm going to take a screenshot on my laptop. Okay, I'll tell y'all when to smile. Right. Okay. I'm going to do a boomerang. Yes, you did a boomerang all with Ready? Okay, all right. All right. Okay, ready? One, Wait, we didn't two. have a picture. Okay. Yeah, I'm doing a screenshot. Yeah, one, two, three. Okay, let me take one more, and then I'll send it to you all on Instagram. Okay, one, two, three. Okay. Mm-hmm. Thank you. So, guys, we're gonna sign out. So, thank you again. Make sure you're following all of our socials. I should say, speak about this. Buckle talk, Westwood pod. Peace out. Thank Bye. you, guys. Bye. Bye.